Do we need the Holy Spirit's help? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hear of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, this episode, we're talking about the essential doctrine that is the closest to me, not because of the content, but because of the length of the title. This, this, mm, that's true. this doctrine has such a long title that I can relate with with my last name, just these long, cumbersome things. So this is... That's true. It has almost as many letters. Almost. Just a few more. Uh, the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian is the official title of this doctrine, which is a, a yes. paragraph in of itself. Yes. We can just say it's the Holy Spirit's work. There you go. That's, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, but we, as we're going to see, it, it is... You do have to parse because the Holy Spirit does more than just what we're going to talk about. It is... That's definitely true. ...on the nose toward the Christian, but it's just a long... It's a long title. It really is. And, you know, we have a habit with anything connected to the Gospel Project, I've noticed, is we have a tendency toward very on-the-nose naming <laughs> conventions. And as a storyteller, that hurts me deeply. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm in therapy about it. It's going to be okay. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, we, we, we don't like the mystery, the drama. Just, and yet, and so yet we're talking about the drama, like the the drama and the mystery of scripture. <laughs> scripture. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, this this is actually a really great one for us to be talking about because this episode is actually our two hundredth episode of this podcast. So that's just a really cool thing um, that we've managed to pull off two hundred of these things. Yeah. Um, you know, someone you know someone said, "Really, two hundred? You're still doing this?" <laughs> that's right. Yes, we are still doing it. And it's great, but um, but yeah. So let's uh, let's kick this off. So I will. Uh, I'm about to now explain the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian. So the Spirit's work in the life of a Christian begins in the work of salvation in bringing a person to faith in Christ, and is continued through the work of sanctification in helping the Christian to become progressively more like Christ throughout the course of his or her life. He also empowers and indwells believers, intercedes on their behalf, and equips them with special gifts for the service of God's kingdom. He is the comforter to the believer and aids us in properly interpreting the Bible. So this is a this is a doctrine where we were constrained by this idea of ninety nine, and so yes. really we should have like one hundred and fifteen essential doctrines, yeah, and I this mean, one should like... be fleshed out into like a dozen different ones. But we said let's just force them into one. Well, you know, there this is this is definitely one of those ones that, um, in many ways, if uh, for anyone who's familiar with the ninety nine essential doctrines that are that are part of the Gospel Project. You'll, they will notice that some of them are catch-alls that are then explained yeah. in more depth in, in different areas. And so for this one, I mean, pieces of this, like, like for example, uh, the Spirit aiding us in properly interpreting the Bible, that's the illumination of Scripture. And yeah. that is, and that's one that we, we cover elsewhere. 
in uh, we have one specifically on sanctification. We have one on 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 aspects of salvation and regeneration and on and on and on. All of these pieces that uh, that are there. But this is this is our like, hey, let's just hit it in one shot. Exactly. So if I had to summarize this one, I would just simply say this: the Holy Spirit is busy on our behalf. I think that's a good way to describe it. Um, he, I mean, another way to describe it would be, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit is being our life. Exactly. We, we kind of, it answers the question we let off. Yeah, we kind of need him. Yeah. All right. So let's look at where this is, because there's so much, usually we're able to kind of focus on a few passages that kind of add depth or, you know, more than want to show evidence that we're not cherry picking here, that this doctrine runs through scripture. But this one, because it's so diverse, I think we have to kind of just hit on, some passages that affirm different parts of this. Mm-hmm. So let let me give one to start with, for example, like in the, the beginning of this essential doctrine, we read that the Holy Spirit is part of helping to bring us to saving faith, to give us life in, in Christ when we trust in the gospel. So this one we see in John 6, 63, for example, where we read the Spirit is the one who gives life, the flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. So right there we see this, this uh, affirmation that the spirit is essential in drawing us to faith and also giving us life as we trust in Christ. And again, there's a lot more to that, but the spirit is involved and we just can't miss that. Yeah, totally. When we think about um, the spirit's sanctifying work, you know, one is one is definitely First uh, Peter one one and two, which um, is interesting that we would choose the introduction of of First Peter for 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 this. But I mean, you'll see why, particularly as we get into verse two, saying uh, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those those chosen living as exiles dispersed abroad in Pontus, Galatia. Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. May may grace and peace be multiplied to you. So you see that right there. It's that people are brought in, that, that the Spirit's work after giving life is to sanctify, which means to help them to be obedient and to be found in Christ, to grow yeah. in Christ likeness. So you could also go to Philippians uh, chapter 2, tw- uh, 12 and 13, where uh, Paul writes, Therefore, my dear, my dear friends, just as you have now, uh, just as you've always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who work who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose so saying that so that's that that's that relationship yeah. there and and we'll talk about that more in depth when we go deep dive on on sanctification but I didn't want to let that opportunity to talk about that pass I think this also kind of takes us to the next uh, nuance of this doctrine of, of the Spirit empowering us, uh, enabling us to live out the lives of mission, the, the lives of obedience, that we, 
we don't do that on our own. As he sanctifies us, grows us more into Christ's image, as you just talked about, we also know that he empowers us to fulfill what we've been called to do. And I think Acts 1.8 is, is really on the nose with this one. Uh, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So right there, and many other places, we see that Jesus connects our ability to fulfill the mission we've been given with the Spirit empowering us, enabling us to do that. Um, another aspect is um, the Spirit's intercession, and so a great place to to see that from is Romans 8:26 through 27. So in the same way the spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So for all for for just for all of us who worry about what to pray about um, most of the time or if we're using the right words or or whatever this is good news because the spirit knows better than we do and so he corrects our prayers on the exactly way. <laughs> we have a translator um, that's right we also see from this essential doctrine that the the Holy Spirit gifts us spiritual gifts now this is this is a little bit more particular than just kind of skills and talents although some people, would group them in with this, but a lot of, of people would would uh, note that there are spiritual gifts that are different from natural talents and abilities that even unbelievers could have, that these are restricted just for believers. So the Spirit is the one who gives these, of course. I won't read any of these, but I'm going to just kind of list off the four references. And uh, if you just remember 12, 12, 4, 4, it gives you a fighting chance to remember where these are covered in the New Testament, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. So 12, 12, 4, 4, I learned that a long time ago. Um, it sticks with me when I'm trying to remember, right, where, where do I find this about spiritual gifts and some lists and so forth, 12, 12, 4, 4. Well, and that's the first time I've ever heard someone use that. So you've taught me something new. There you go. So, I mean, I knew where they were. I just hadn't, hadn't thought about that as a... As I, a as a memory device. It's just a, a, an so easy, clever. you still have to remember which, which book, but at least you have a fighting chance. If you know, it's for somewhere, it's in the fourth chapter somewhere and you can kind of find it still. <laughs> That's right. There's not that many books in the New Testament that have 12 no. chapters. There are lots yeah. that have four and that's, that's brought, but that's still not all of them. So, um, <laughs> so the, the last one that we want to highlight here and, and of course, uh, we would just encourage remembering that even in our description, I know it's basically the Holy Spirit's super busy doing everything. <laughs> um, but even then, our list is not exhaustive. No. So this is just a snapshot. This, these are highlights. But when it comes to interpreting scripture, think about 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 15, which says, uh, Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything even the depths of God for who knows a person's thought thoughts except his spirit within him in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God now we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit who comes from God so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God 
We also speak these things, not in words taught by human wisdom, but, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. But the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it's foolishness to him. He is not able to understand since it is evaluated spiritually. All right, so we just had a lot of passages. Again, a really high-level survey, as Aaron, you rightly pointed out. So let's kind of move to this next big question we, we tend to ask, and and that is, are there any cautions or concerns or any anything to be aware of as we seek to understand this doctrine? And I'll, I'll throw the first one out there, and it's this. We can't miss the tension of God's work that we're talking about here, that we just read all these passages that talk about what the Spirit does and our need of the Spirit but there's a tension between that truth and our need to be obedient and our our part that we play. Um, it's not all up to the spirit in terms of we just are passive. And so, you know, the last one you mentioned, for example, rightly interpreting scripture, that the Holy Spirit, we need the spirit because our minds can't grasp the things of God. And so we've been given God so that we can grasp the things of God. This is why an unbeliever... Mm-hmm can read the Bible and understand the words on the page, but they don't understand it in the core of who they are because they the Spirit is needed for that. So what we can't, though, is make the mistake of thinking, okay, well, I'm just opening up the Bible, and blindly the Spirit was just going to help me understand what's going on here. No, we still have a role to play in this. And so there's a tension here that we have to remember Um Let me give you a couple of other examples. So, for example, when it comes to salvation, we talk about the Holy Spirit gives life, but we know we have to trust in Christ. We have to place our trust. We have to have faith. Uh, When it comes to being sanctified, growing in Christ's likeness, we know the Spirit does that process, but we have to practice the spiritual disciplines as well, and that's the method by which He does produce His sanctification, just as our faith is the method by which He does produce life in us. Um, Again, we have to know proper hermeneutics as we study Scripture. Does he interpret it for us, help us to interpret it? Yes, but we need to know those proper hermeneutics. Again, that's the method by which he works through. So we can't uh, make the mistake of, of neglecting this these two different things happening here. The word- so what we can't miss here are these two things at play at the same time. God working, the Holy Spirit working, and us being obedient. Yeah, that man, that is a really good point. Another thing that uh, that we need to recognize is that um, we need to be careful to not um, incorrectly elevate the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so that sounds weird just to say that because, I mean, we're talking about the third person in the Trinity, but... Think about think about the way that Scripture describes uh, the Spirit. Um, there are fewer references to the Holy Spirit um, in many respects in terms of uh, apart from the uh, the other two persons of the Trinity than there are the God than God the Father and God the Son. Um, the Spirit um, has been called by by some theologians more like the the silent member yeah. of 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 the the Trinity, which is funny because this, and it's funny because the, the reason that the spirit is considered that way 
is because of his primary one of his primary roles. And this is one that we don't even talk about in 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 the the essential doctrine, but it's so essential because it's baked into everything else is his principal job is pointing us to Christ. His 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 role is making much of Jesus, which is interestingly the same role that we as Christians play in the in the world. We are to make much of Jesus. And so ultimately a spirit um, empowered spirit driven life is going to be one that makes much much of Jesus and so um, so it's not so so what we have to do is we have to recognize that we want to know as much as we realistically can know about the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is God <laughs> and so he so he warrants appropriate attention appropriate reverence but we want to know him in the context that he wants us to know him, which is as the as our comforter and help who points us to Jesus. Yeah, and we can be a little bit more on the nose here, wade out into some waters carefully, as we do at times. <laughs> we wade out to some treacherous waters. There's a little undercurrent. See, that we, I'm, I left it for you. Um, yeah, I mean... when. And I think it's going to help because somebody, I think they could misunderstand what you just said. And I would agree with what you just said, of course, Aaron. And they would misunderstand. Wait a minute. Are you saying that the Holy Spirit's not as important? No, we're not saying that at all. What we're saying is there are certain teachers out there that you will come across. There are certain churches or organizations, whatever you want to call them, that you may come across that it seems like all they do is emphasize the Holy Spirit. They talk about the gifts of the Spirit and and they focus on the Spirit, just kind of do a word count. How many times do they reference the Spirit, and how many times do they reference Jesus? And you will find it's really disproportionate that they talk about the Spirit a ton, but they don't talk about this, about Jesus very often. And so we just want to acknowledge that there is a deep concern with that. Um, the Holy Spirit, as you said, points us to Jesus. His ministry is to draw us to Him. And so if we are spending all of our time or the bulk of our time talking about the Spirit, we're, we're missing it. So just have a, have a, be cautious here. Be discerning as we're listening to teachings to make sure that we are not emphasizing the Spirit disproportionately to how He should be. But at the same time, let's turn that coin over on the other side. Because there are many groups who would do the exact opposite. They'll neglect the person of the Spirit. They'll neglect the ministry of the Spirit. I think in part of this, it may be a response. The church is often guilty of doing this. We will overreact. So we will be aware of some who elevate the Spirit too much, and then we go too far the other way because we don't want to be mistaken to be part of that mistake. So we make an opposite mistake. And so you have a lot of churches will do that. They will hardly ever teach on the Holy Spirit, never mention Him. And that is not correct as well. We want to teach the Holy Spirit in the proper balance as one of the three persons of the Trinity. Uh, we want to talk about, as we just looked at all those passages, the Scripture talks a lot about Him. And we notice we, we had all Old, New Testament passages. He is in the Old Testament as well. Um, mm -hmm. So we want to be careful not to make the mistake of neglecting Him or elevating him beyond and above where we should in relation to his role with the three persons of the Trinity. 
That's right. And for those wondering why um, why we haven't talked too much about those those Old Testament passages, well, there's a simple reason. We're going to be talking about the 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 deity of the Holy Spirit and the personality of the Holy Spirit in the next couple of weeks. So we've got kind of a little mini series going on that is all about the Holy Spirit. Um, we're just doing it in 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 a fun kind of order for us. So. Um, <laughs> So let, let me just give one other final caution, and we'll move on to the differences that this make. And I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about the differences. Sure. Uh, but the one final caution, because in light of what you just said, Aaron, I think it's important, and we're probably going to say this again, mm-hmm. um, the Holy Spirit is a person. Yes. We, we've said this, but we need to double down. He is one of the three persons of our triune God. He is not an impersonal force. So notice we have been referring to the Holy Spirit as he or him, not it. Uh, many times you'll hear this mistake. And I think often there's not, it's not intended. It's an accident. Uh, it, it's people being a little bit clumsy with, with terminology as we all are guilty of doing at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we want to be careful about not referring to the Holy Spirit is it, because that makes the Holy Spirit an impersonal force, which some wrongly believe he is. We can wrap our arms around God the Father and his personhood. We can wrap our arms around Jesus, of course, and his personhood. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's harder to wrap our our thinking around his personhood. And so it's easier to think of him wrongly, though, of a force or a presence, a spiritual presence of some form. That is not the case. We have to preserve his, his, his personhood, rather, because of his deity, which we're going to talk about in the next week or two coming ahead. So the Holy Spirit is a person. Just wanted to make sure we got that on the radar. All right. Yeah. What differences should this doctrine make, Aaron? Well, uh, there are a couple of key things uh, that I just want to want to encourage us to keep in mind in light of all of this. The first is that um, because of the Spirit's work and through the Spirit's work, we have peace, assurance, and rest. And so this is good news because, one, uh, we can be assured that God is going to he- hear our prayers. He prays for the Holy Spirit prays for us and he prays rightly for us where we do not pray rightly for ourselves. Again, he knows better than we do. So we can we can know confidently that even if we mess up when when we are and say something that doesn't make sense <laughs> when we're praying at all that God is is has given us a wonderful gift in the spirit in that way we have peace and rest because the spirit is our comforter as well i mean this is the way that jesus described him multiple times that he's our helper he's our comforter he is like that's what he's known as in uh in in john's gospel (laughs) um when he says i'm gonna send a comforter (laughs) and so that is a that is a a good thing for us to know and um, because the spirit is at work as well, we also have that that peace and that rest. Because ultimately, it means that it's not that everything isn't riding on us. Remember, remember Philippi, Philippians twelve that I talked about. Um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work according to His good purpose. So, even as we work, the Spirit is working in us. And so we can we can go to sleep at night 
knowing that even when we fall far short of God's standards, that God is, is not done with us. He is at work in us. And so that leads into that second, that second truth um, that this different, the second difference that the doctrine makes, which is uh, that through the spirit, we are empowered, strengthened, and that um, our, our spirit fueled spirit enabled work for the sake of the gospel can make a difference itself. So, the fruit of our effort is not not ours it's it's the fruit of the spirit and so we see that in our own lives we see that through uh through our efforts to make much of jesus and that's really good news that is that's a good place to to wrap up there aaron uh, thanks for talking about the Holy Spirit with me on this episode. And again, I'm looking forward to diving a little bit more in the next couple of episodes at least uh, and talk about the Holy Spirit. And so hopefully it will be helpful, again, as, as we kind of hit on a few minutes ago. A lot of people, I think, are not as familiar with the Holy Spirit and His ministry and, and who He is and what He does. So hopefully these episodes will be of great help. I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.